0: I'm Anwar.
1: And I'm Fairleth.
0: And And you're you're listening to Discast. Hello, hello, Fairleth. Hello, hello,
1: Anwar. Okay, so. How's it going?
0: It's going good. How are you?
1: I'm I'm good. I'm really excited about today's episode because I mean honestly I'm mostly excited for Disney News. I'm really excited to talk about the film because I actually mm-hmm. mostly really enjoyed it and I was pleasantly surprised by it. but oh my yeah, gosh Disney too. News today.
0: yeah like, ah! okay. so we literally we literally recorded like <laughs> four days ago mm-hmm. and then just in like the four days, like Disney has been dropping ridiculous bombs. Like yeah, just in the last four days. So like, much, oh like oh my god, it's. I'd insane.
1: send Anwar this little thing I found, and then he'd send me back something he found, and then there'd be more stuff. It was just a snowball of Imagineering news, mostly. I think. Yeah, but, like yeah, wow, it's mostly,
0: it's mostly like big Imagineering news, uh, because like everything else is just like, admittedly, like not a whole lot since we last did Disney news, um, mm-hmm. because of course we only did it like a few days ago, four but, days like, ago. <laughs> But, like, wow.
1: What I know.
0: What's something to come back to? All right, so uh, <laughs> you, would you like to start?
1: Um. Sure, I'll, I'll try. I don't even know. Like, I, I would usually like to do Disney News from, like, least exciting to most exciting, but it's all exciting. But it's all super um, exciting. <laughs> like, all Let's right. start. I guess the least exciting bit is uh, we had a, a chance to look further into the decor of the Disney Wish, which is the new cruise ship. Yes. And... Oh, the grand, um, not ballroom, but the, the grand staircase room, the grand foyer, the grand rotunda. I don't yeah. know what it's called, but the main the main room that every Disney cruise ship has, and indeed every cruise ship, I guess. Yep, um, yep, yep. The equivalent of the Titanic stair room um, that has the brass, uh, bronze rather, Cinderella statue. The rest of the d- decor is made to look like the sparkly um, Disney magic animation from, uh, I guess... From Cinderella. From Cinderella, from Snow White, anytime something sparkled. Um, and it just is the most marvelous, amazing aesthetic. I I just, I highly recommend looking at it. I, I guess what, we'll put the video in the show notes, but mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so beautiful. It's it makes beautiful. me want to go on a cruise. I'm very scared of dying in the ocean and being eaten by a shark, but I think I might make an exception for this cruise ship.
0: This cruise ship is, is amazing. Of course, we're talking about the Disney Wish, which is the next big uh, uh, cruise liner to join the Disney cruise line fleet. And mm-hmm. yeah, like the big thing that they were going that they were talking about was like their whole concept was like all of the Disney parks have like a castle in the middle of them. Mm-hmm. Why don't we put a castle on the water? and that's basically what they did like the decor and everything inside it is very that it's very reminiscent of like castle style and like what you were saying like a lot of the sparkles and a lot of the decorations uh is reminiscent of like the sparkles of just disney magic and but they made a point of specifically saying that uh there, there's there's a big chandelier in like the main i guess like the main atrium or whatever it's called uh <clears throat> of uh, of the ship and they were saying about how because the main focus of I think the ship was Cinderella. That was like their main um, uh, inspiration. And they were like, yeah, like in the sequence in D- in Cinderella when the when the fairy godmother is like casting the spell to change her dress and like all the yeah. swirls and spirals and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and take that and we're gonna turn that into a chandelier. And it's it's beautiful. Like it's so pretty. And it is sparkly and shiny, and it's great, and yeah, like it's just it's it's gonna be really great, and it's really really nice because like the the people that are work the like the, the the video that Disney released in regards to it um, is uh, they highlight two people who are working on the project, a woman by the name of uh, Laura Cabo, uh, who is a portfolio creative executive of the of the, uh, the Disney team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, apparently of uh, uh, her. I think she was saying, like, her father, like, worked, uh, like, in uh, in ships and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I can't remember if she specifically said that he worked for Disney, like, uh, in, in that sort of thing. I, I No, he didn't. No, I didn't. I, I don't think he would because I don't think the, the Disney cruise lines were a thing back then. But, <laughs> like, she, so she, like had loved disney for like all her life and everything and of course her father being a navy man and so she was saying about how like this was very much um a dream project for her uh and then of course uh one of the other people that worked on it um hold on i'm trying to find her name here Doo-doo-doo. it's coming hold on uh claire weiss yes. uh, is the creative director and, uh, apparently like her story is like, yeah, like one day she was like wandering through Disney or, uh, and, uh, just fell in love with everything. And she's like, I want to be able to create this. I want to work for this. Like, I want this to be my job. And then yeah. she just, you know, and she, now she's a Disney Imagineer working specifically for the cruise lines, designing and directing this project. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. And yeah, like the video is great. Everything is pretty. Uh, they're using so like 3d pretty. modeling to like look at it like this video it's is so this video is
1: cool. Insane. yeah, it's like they they have this massive I guess it looks kind of like an IMAX theater combined with a photo studio and they can project yeah. what the the size of the rooms in the cruise ship on in real size and walk uh-huh. through them but it's it's like they're walking through it's it's like the hollow deck. it's insane. it's so cool.
0: it's it's really really magical. it's really really great. It just looks so it just looks so dang pretty
1: gorgeous gorgeous so like i've always thought the disney cruise ships were you know intriguing but i never thought i have to go on one Mm -hmm. now i feel like i have to go on one Mm -hmm. Uh
0: yeah it's it's pretty great yeah yeah so that's the big one again. Like uh, like we said, we'll put the we'll put the video that Disney released uh, about all like the design aspect of the uh, the design concept of the of the ship. We'll put the the clip of that in the show notes so that you can all go ahead and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next up, I think, is something that uh, you are particularly excited about because it's all about <laughs> the Jungle Cruise.
1: I love the Jungle Cruise. Yes. Um. Well, should I should I talk about it? Yes. Go for it. Well, I mean, uh, I I didn't actually take notes on this. I just kind of geeked out. But um, there uh, have been a lot of details released recently about the Jungle Cruise refurbs that are going on in uh, Disney uh, California, Disneyland California, and uh, Disney World. And um, they're they're doing it in two separate ways. Uh, Disneyland, of course, is opening on April 30th. So they're just going to keep Jungle Cruise closed. Um, Same with Matterhorn. Both are being refurbished right now. in Disney World, though, they're doing a phased uh, redecoration where they've already taken out many of the animatronics and rearranged them to uh, sort of hide the gaps. They've put tarps over um, the equipment in the ground. And so some some of the uh, ride in Disney World is looking a little sparse right now, but uh, the skippers have been given new jokes to sort of cover that and uh, deal with it. But um, they're hard at work. And uh, what else, Anwar? Uh
0: the fact that uh, they're continuously pushing the fact that the skippers are going to be like an actual character in this ride. So like, Oh yes. So like uh, the, there was a big update in terms of like uh, how the thing is going to look and how, what is going to be kind of like the overall story. Uh, And it looks like what's going to happen is uh, the story is going to be that you're going to be going on a, on a a little riverboat ride and you're going to come across uh, a capsized ship, like a capsized um, uh, boat, and you're going to see the skipper of that uh, of that boat as an actual animatronic in the ride. So he's going to be an actual character within the attraction, which I think is really cool. Yes, I agree. And the fact is is that this ride is just gonna further push the whole um this overarching narrative that uh for those of us who are a little more familiar with a lot of the lore that is within the disney parks a lot of us know about C, and we've talked about C. um i think it, 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 it's the society for explorers and adventurers is that what it's called
1: uh i believe so
0: yeah and so we've talked about it before in in previous episodes because this has kind of been like the un unof- this is like an unofficial uh Extended universe of the Disney parks,
1: and like, I love any extended universe lore in Disney parks. Uh, I just uh, the same thing with front um, Frontierland in Disneyland Par- Paris. It's just I I love immersive lore. I just all I have to say right now is I'm so excited. I'm I'm nerding out. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's just it's gonna be really really cool. Uh, but what they're gonna do is this this revamp of the Jungle Cruise ride is probably going to be the first time that uh it's probably going to be the first time that we actually have true concrete uh evidence and uh or no yeah just evidence of the society for explorers and adventurers because up until now well because up until now it's just been kind of like a single name here and there like um like, the owner of the Mystic Manor, for example, is mm-hmm. is a member of C. This is something yes. that we kind of know and you can see in the ride itself. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like...
1: Well, uh, um, no it's real, also like, present in the uh, Tokyo Disney version of Tower of Terror as well. Um, that oh yes, was actually the... what it was invented for.
0: Yes, because one of the owners, is, or the owner of the Tower of Terror in Tokyo Disney is a member of C as well.
1: Yes, Harrison Hightower III.
0: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah but i think it's that like because well the way that it was explained in uh in in the video that i watched in regards to it was saying was just it was just very heavily pushing it pushing the 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 sea lore and everything uh so like we're and we're actually getting an actual story with this riot of course uh so i believe the the main skipper that's going to be featured in the in the attraction as an animatronic his name is felix uh peckman i believe felix peckman uh the 13th and he's basically going to be the one who gets uh like into an accident and like his whole crew uh it was a very uh diverse crew of explorers who are all basically just on a journey all just kind of you know they all get trapped and have to figure out how to escape and all this other stuff um I'm gonna try and see if I can pull up some of the names. Cause we have uh the names of some of these characters yes. uh, that are also gonna be featured.
1: Well, I uh, mean, if we wanna do a little deep dive into C, there are little hints of C all over the world. And yes. um... <laughs> Well,
0: yeah, well, because th- this video goes uh actually goes and gives a very nice, concrete, uh very short, brief uh overview of C and its members, and how they were and how they relate to the rest of the parks. Like, for example, mm-hmm. uh, so the Mystic Manor, for example, is owned by a gentleman by the name of Lord Henry Mystic. Uh, he's a member of C. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, uh, is uh, has these two characters named Barnabas Bullion and Jason Chandler, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in connection to it. And then, uh, next is uh, yeah. Camellia Falco, uh, who is with Soaring Fantastic, uh, Fantastic Flight. Uh, Which Jock is Li- in
1: Tokyo Disney.
0: Yeah. Jock Lindsay, the hangar bar, he's another member of mm-hmm.
1: C. Uh Dr. Khan Chunasuke uh is being added to Jungle Cruise.
0: Yes. Uh who I believe is a member of C as well, but yes. is going on this expedition. Uh Dr. Mm-hmm. Albert and Dr. Albert Falls is uh kind of the main character for Jungle Cruise in terms of uh the main uh, see member. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if I can find some of the other names of, uh, let's see. Uh, Rosa Soto Dominguez, uh, is a famous Mexican artist who is, who's coming onto this expedition. Uh, Dr. Leonard Moss is an acclaimed Canadian, uh, bot- uh, botanist, I believe.
1: Uh, yes, I know he's, I just got excited. He was Canadian and I stopped listening. Yes. <laughs> Uh, But I believe, uh,
0: yes, I believe he's a botanist. Uh, And then uh, Siobhan uh, Puffin Murphy is the second cousin twice removed of Alberta Falls, uh, who is the granddaughter of Dr. Albert Falls, uh, who I mentioned earlier is the main connection to uh, the Jungle Cruise ride. So Mm -hmm. like there's so much connection and so much like intertwining in this. And I'm very legitimately, I'm very, very excited about it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to actually deep dive into this lore and mythos now. It really, really interests me. This is the kind of thing I love. Um I'm really, really excited about it. Fun fact, too, my favorite snack spot at Disneyland, the Bengal barbecue, is noted to have been the first sea outpost in
0: 1899. Oh, well, there
1: you go. Meat on actually, a stick.
0: <laughs> and actually, uh talking about some of like the external stuff of the of the rides. Uh, I remember like some people were talking about what's going to happen with like Trader Sam's and like some of the other little like dining things that mm. are in relation to the jungle cruise rides apparently all of that stuff uh is all staying the same nothing is going to happen with those
1: which apparently is the, really fun
0: <laughs> which is which is fun but also kind of makes sense because i mean like they don't have to yeah right cuz there's um, nothing particularly wrong in terms of uh cuz like you know in the in the ride itself you have the issue with trader sam who uh you know is by today's standards incredibly problematic and yeah. so, which who they are going to be removing from the ride, from what I understand?
1: Yes, as uh, <laughs> in Disney World, he's already gone.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm at, at, like this whole this whole thing with like how they're changing the ride and everything. Like, you, you, there's obviously going to be like there's going to be people trying to shit on it and like naysayers and all this other stuff. But the fact of the matter is, the big thing that we need to remember is that Walt was always in in favor of advancing things he was always in favor yes. of things moving forward and changing things for the better that was always his view with the with with the parks like or with disneyland specifically of course uh mm-hmm. is that he he would always say like the park is never going to be finished like it, it just yeah. won't.
1: And I'm and glad. So, I'm I think that's the best philosophy. I I don't want people to get stuck in clinging to the past. Even nostalgia is very powerful, but like yeah. what they can achieve, the Imagineers can achieve now is so cool.
0: Yeah, and actually talking about what the Imagineers are achieving. So did I did I send you the group thing?
1: Uh, yes, Project Kiwi.
0: Okay, so he, talking about the Imagineers holy fuck because the imagineers are just killing it they these crafty are
1: little jerks i it. i am shook
0: so what, some of the one thing that they're doing now uh that the imagineers are doing is uh next big next big piece of news is of course the discussion of uh animatronic advancement and advancement in animatronic technology so what they're intending is they are wanting to have an actual walk-around character set to scale in uh the avengers campus park and the character that they're choosing in order to use is baby groot now here's the thing is that this groot animatronic is supposed to be like fully uh a full combination of, like, what we see with Boston uh, Boston Dynamics, like, their their bipedal moving robots. Mm-hmm. A combination of that and a combination of, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's the company that has, like, their, that, like, AI woman who, like, is, like, the, the most famous uh, AI because she is, like, so... And she, she's so intelligent, like, she's able to actually, like, interact with people. I can't is that
1: it. Sophia?
0: Yes. A humanoid robot? Yes. Uh,
1: goodness. So, um, that uh, robot was developed by a Hong Kong-based company called Hanson Robotics.
0: Thank you. So, basically, this Groot animatronic is, meant, is kind of a combination of those two things. In that, you're going to have this baby Groot animatronic literally walking around on its own... Well, probably with like a handler. Probably next with to it. a
1: handler. Yeah. When they have R2D2 and um the talking garbage can and Wally and stuff, which is a different situation. They always have a little handler.
0: Yeah, so like you'll have like the baby group animatronic, obviously with its handler. And then the idea is that this animatronic is going to be able to actively like communicate and react to people and stand on its own and be able to walk around like this is insane. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 fact that they are developing like these this kind of intelligent and such advanced uh tech tech just to be in the parks is so crazy to me. Like the the how the the immersion factor is just going to be sp- biking like crazy
1: yeah well it also just speaks to where the parks can go like maybe in the future you're gonna be able to meet Mickey Mouse who's three feet tall you know who knows mm-hmm.
0: like can you like like yeah and uh they're gonna have um and they were working on this this next this other animatronic uh before when they were developing Avengers campus but you're basically you're gonna be seeing spider-man swinging around Avengers campus because they're de- because they built an acrobatic animatronic that when it swings it like it it moves its limbs in a way that is not only realistic but also looks like how spider-man looks when he swings
1: it's so cool you can see it in the final episode i believe the final episode yes the final episode of the imagineering story on Disney yeah Plus.
0: yeah so that was that was something that like they've been developed they've been developing that for the last couple of years mm-hmm. but like to think about how the steps that they're going, the steps that they're taking in order to just increase this kind of experience for the, for the park goers and like the amount of immersion that they're doing is, it's mind blowing what they're doing, mm-hmm. what, the, what the Imagineers are doing. And the fact that they are able to just do this yeah is crazy to me.
1: It's so cool. It's so um, cool. The more immersive stuff at Disney parks, the happier I'll be. Like, I I will not rest until X-Wings are back, flying over Batuu, till uh, there's droids everywhere. I just, I, I can't say to you how promising I find this for my good time in the future.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and uh, kind of moving in that direction, the direction of immersion, uh, I think the final big piece of Dizzy news is Ugh. this insanity, which This is...
1: insanity.
0: <laughs> so, okay. Uh, all right. Do, do you want to start talking about this one? Because yes. I've been talking for like the last like fucking like, 10, 15 minutes. Well, you're
1: very straight. excited, and I I'm am so too. I'm so excited. And, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I have a concussion. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm very dedicated to this, but I'm very happy to listen as well. All right. So... Um, if you're a big Disney fan, you know what a touch of Disney is. And if you are not, I'm going to tell you. So if you are a big Disney fan, get ready, because I'm about to tell you what touch of Disney is. So, um, Disneyland uh, eventually followed it in the steps of Knott's Berry Farm and opened uh, their parks just california adventure rather uh to have a tasting event that was very expensive but very special and very fun and just let people be around pixar pier and on um, in hollywood land and just oh everything and um some families were selected to i guess play test a new tinkerbell Mm -hmm. meet and greet that is a combination of what you get at pixie hollow in disneyland and um, I guess the Mr. Potato Head animatronic in front of Midway Mania meeting uh, Turtle Talk with Crush. Kind yeah, of mash t- all yeah. those together, and you've got this experience. It,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, it's so cool. You um, go into this little, uh, I guess, room in Pixie Hollow that's kind of like Tinkerbell's little office kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you see her in a lantern, and it's a lantern-sized lantern. They're using um, projection... Yes, um, they're using, I guess, pro- projection mapping technology, but it's it's beyond what I've ever seen with projection mm-hmm. mapping. Um, it combines the performance of a live actor, a real actor, and something, I don't know, magic. And um, you go in with your family and uh, Tinkerbell is in her lantern, uh, just sounding like a bell as you see in Peter Pan. And then she flies around the room and goes into this little invention she's created where she can... Um, be in there attached to a Victrola horn and uh, talk to you with a real voice. And I mean, personally, my favorite Tinkerbell is Sassy Tinkerbell from Peter Pan, who's kind of a bitch and very angry. So I've never been a huge fan of the new Tinkerbell movies for that reason. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm so down for this. And um, she asks you questions about uh, what you uh, like, and then she makes those things come to life in the room for you. Uh, it's we've seen instagram footage and we'll we'll put it in the show notes for sure but what what else is there to say anwar it's it's wow
0: like this is this is like we're talking about like immersion we're talking about like character experiences and things this is once again taking those things to just that next level where you're able to meet tinkerbell how she is supposed to look you know in in the media that she's portrayed, you know, as maybe being only like a foot tall, and being able to fly around and be a fairy, and you're able to in real time communicate with her, because like in the the in the Instagram thing that we saw, because so uh their their thing is called uh Jen Tanaka, and she and her family were one of these people who were chosen to go and do this this play test, and they're they're standing there and like you said like you see Tinkerbell there and she can't communicate then she flies around into her thing and then she talks to you and she's naming these kids by their names so like the kids are like she asks what's your names and they say their names and then she responds with like with their names so you know that there is there there's there's an actor somewhere who is somehow getting some form of feed whether it's video or audio or a combination of the of the two in order for her to actively communicate with these people and the kids were dumbfounded like they could not talk for like the first couple minutes yeah. it was very like she kept asking she's like what's your names and then like they were just nothing yeah and they were just like staring at her it was just it was so cute but like legit like i would i i would be so shocked and astounded
1: I would be not cool at all. It not be, cool at all. It,
0: like it's <laughs> it's insane, and like I imagine what I imagine they're also going to want to do, uh, the actual live meet and greets because like they've uh, like Pixie Hollow is uh, has been a place in Disneyland for a while. And, like, they've justified the existence of it by saying that, you know, when you go through into Pixie Hollow, Pixie Magic shrinks you down so you're the size of the fairies. Yes. So, like, they've they've already, like, legit, quote-unquote legitimized—I'm <laughs> using finger quotes—or, uh, like, justified why and how you can meet the fairies face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Face. So I imagine they'll, they'll still do that because, of course, you know, just because you can meet Tinkerbell in this fashion, like, with her being a foot tall or whatever— like the i feel like the kids like especially the little girls are still going to want to go up to her and hug her right so i feel like they're going to tr- they're going to keep that as well but the yeah. fact that they can do this like cuz mm-hmm. this is so cool like like the the future of this particular piece of uh character meet and greet can go so many different ways right cuz like mm-hmm. like how cool would it be to like be able to see other characters that you can't normally see like how amazing would it be if they had an aerial in some form of like swimming around like or or even in like a screen that looks like as if she were underwater but of course the actress isn't actually underwater
1: well i mean that's very similar to turtle talk with crush already (laughs) yeah if you want to talk to crush
0: but i'm talking about like a live (laughs) actor
1: yeah a oh, it was so cool.
0: ariel that you can talk to and she can like swim around or like i don't know maybe they'll put her on wires or some shit like they did it for for broadway so whatever but like <laughs> can, but like can you I imagine mean, on
1: broadway they had heelys it was it was <laughs> cool. no but i mean like when
0: i mean like when when ariel was actively swimming around yeah yeah that's what i mean
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the, the 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 things that the imagineers are doing is mind-blowing
1: and it's it incredible. Is... And it just speaks to like what the future is gonna be, you know, like, oh, by the time we're super old and walking around Disneyland, it's gonna be crazy.
0: I'm legitimately excited. Because mm-hmm, like this me this because like this isn't just exciting for me, like as a fan and like wanting to go and experience this and see this and meet these characters again. The just straight up the technological potential of yeah. this stuff. Like The ability to like, maybe have somebody live in your living room being projected into your like, like actual 3D, not needing any glasses, not needing any sort of goggles or VR shit, none of that, but actually have somebody be able to be projected live into your living room. Yeah. Like, oh,
1: wouldn't that be in? Oh my gosh.
0: Like can I you, need to
1: stop using crazy and insane, but like I, it's ah, but it's just so like good.
0: The the potential, the technological potential that all of this is having, like so, like this is this is bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's bonkers to me, and I'm I'm so excited about it. I love it. I love this stuff. I love seeing this stuff. How technology, how technology is advancing. At first for this for the purpose of entertainment. Yeah. Because of course we as people all desire entertainment and like different ways of entertainment. And so like how this is going from that and then how we can potentially use this in our homes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I I cannot wait to see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's 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 gonna be insane. It's gonna be great.
1: (laughs) Um is there any other news other than that we're stoked? (laughs)
0: <laughs> other than like we're kind of losing i mean i'm losing my mind over all this me too <laughs>
1: uh
0: no i think that's pretty much it like i think that's mm-hmm. kind of the those are the big pieces of news honestly for me like no mm-hmm. oh, me too i don't know i think like disney world did something for earth day at one point but mm-hmm. honestly like okay okay <laughs> in comparison to, like, some of the other stuff that they were doing this week, like, or the other stuff that was released this week. Like, yay, Disney World did a thing for Earth Day. Okay, that's nice. Meanwhile, <laughs> hey, but look at this ridiculous piece of technology that these people have developed. Like...
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, on that note, let's go back to 1942, shall we?
0: Yes. Okay, so the, so the propaganda cartoon that we touched on this week... Is a little is is definitely probably the most palatable of all of the propaganda cartoons.
1: I agree, uh,
0: if only because this is probably the most cartoony of all of them. Mm-hmm. In that this really does feel like an actual Donald Duck cartoon. So the so what we watched was uh, Donald gets drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is your opinion of this cartoon?
1: Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. Um <laughs> I I'm not even sure this qualifies as propaganda to be honest with you. Um this short is deeply critical of the American military.
0: <laughs> I thought the exact same thing.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Um the uh writer of this short um or one of the writers rather, Carl Banks was a pacifist. Uh he was against America's involvement in the war and uh this film reflects his feelings on it mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah um, yeah i guess
1: yeah <laughs> oh.
0: It and it's crazy to think that this was like actually uh this was something that the disney company put out as a way to i guess maybe like i i i don't understand like you're right it doesn't feel like an actual piece of propaganda it it really does like you say feel like they're harshly criticizing it because that's that's what I got I was like uh, I was like watching this video I don't I don't I, I mean like not that I want to get drafted but like I would not want to like go through that whole process
1: no and um it really makes fun of uh time propaganda as well yeah it um it makes fun of the recruitment advertisements and how they uh suck people into uh signing up i think i thought it yeah. was uh really strong that way too
0: yeah because like the uh when donald is walking up to the draft to the drafting office like he sees a bunch of these posters kind of talking about and advertising for the arm for the army and like a couple of them are of course using uh feminine images as a way to try to lure men to to draft uh, to sign up yeah like one of them was just was advertising air hostesses as like a perk and i'm yeah. like <laughs> i'm like what what
1: Yeah, just, you know, girls will date you if you join the army. I'm like, yeah, maybe if you don't die.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or like the the promise of escorting attractive women around places. And I'm like, where are you escorting these women to? I don't, like, what? (laughs) It's just very, very strange.
1: Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. It was really refreshing after all the other ones we'd seen. Um, so the story basically is uh, yeah, Donald reports to the draft board after receiving a draft notice and he passes all these recruiting posters that just make military life seem swell. And um, he uh, wants to join the Air Force because he uh, and I can't a, do Donald's voice, but he, he comes says from
0: a, uh, it comes from a family of aviators. Yeah, because he's
1: a duck. <laughs> he's a duck. <laughs> And uh, they uh, give him an examination, uh, seeing if he's physically acceptable to join the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they accept him, give him a uniform that's too big, and shrink it to fit him, which is great. Um, and then Pete is his drill sergeant.
0: Mm-hmm. Because and, I, and actually, I, well, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much we've seen of Pete, but like, this is this this is also just like. It didn't. It also didn't feel like Pete, weirdly enough.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're used to a different voice for Pete. Um,
0: no, nah, Maybe that's that's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, what is the actor's name? Let's find out. Like the current
0: actor, or the one, or the famous actor who voiced Pete?
1: The current one. I was thinking of Jim Cummings because I'm I'm really familiar with him, in uh, like uh, Goof Troop.
0: Ah. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't and think Jim was, Cummings
0: did the voice of Pete.
1: I mean, I. I didn't know either, actually, but I guess he did.
0: <laughs> oh well, there you go. Mm. I mean, like he's he's done like a million other voices.
1: Oh yeah, so like he's I'm not everywhere.
0: Surprised, I'm not surprised that he did Pete, but it was also mm-hmm. just like I guess I just didn't expect that he would have done Pete either. I don't yeah,
1: know. he's uh, you would know him as since Sterling Holloway passed away, uh, as uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, yeah. and um, uh, lots of other voices. He's also Darkwing Duck, <laughs> Let's but. Yes, unfortunately, I uh he had a really big controversy about um uh, domestic abuse. Jim Cummings. yes, he did. Oh. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But uh he is working hard at dispelling those claims now and uh there there was a whole court case, but um he hasn't been uh yeah canceled he just um he and his wife were both admonished for bad parenting um ah. but yeah so as far as i know he's still employed by the disney company but i'm not a- exactly sure i gotcha. just know that that controversy happened and deeply disappointed me
0: oh uh, well the voice actor for pete in this a gentleman by the name of billy bletcher uh it was Mo- he was pete uh for short films from 1933 until 1960 oh yeah
1: so yeah. I mean he's great. It's honestly I'm I'm sure I'm just I've got nostalgia goggles on missing the one from the 90s but uh, but,
0: but I think it's also just that's the one that we're most familiar with because it's the one we're Exactly. Grew
1: up with. Exactly.
0: Like nostalgia the only reason, goggles. <laughs> Like the only reason that we know like for example using uh using Donald as an example the only reason that we know of we know that voice so well is because that voice even though it wasn't it hasn't been Clarence Nash for a while uh What's it called? Uh, anybody who's ever done his the voice of Donald Duck has mimicked that style, and so like that's yeah. it. It's been consistent throughout throughout the entirety of the existence of Donald Duck.
1: For sure, for sure, um, and like you know, you could argue the same thing about Mickey and Goofy. Even though they <laughs> have changed a little bit, it's still the same general idea. Pete has yeah. entirely <laughs> changed, so yes, it's very Pete, interesting. And yeah, he was a big. Uh, gift. Honestly, more than anything. Um, well, it's a good short, and it's it's um, really great for my little leftist heart. But uh, <laughs> it's also just really interesting to hear what the original Pete voice was. If you're a Disney van- fan and yeah. want to compare the two,
0: a lot softer than I expected.
1: Yeah, to- really interesting. Yeah.
0: A lot softer. Yeah, it was it, it was just interesting. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. um.
1: About eight minutes long. It's, mm-hmm. I'd say, worth a watch, especially if you've watched the other propaganda cartoons we've been talking about. This would and definitely
0: be a good pal- palate cleanser after all. A really
1: good palate cleanser. It's also the first uh, ever cartoon to show Donald's canon middle name. Yes. Fauntleroy.
0: Fauntleroy. <laughs> <laughs> My partner pronounces it Fauntleroy, but I don't think oh, that's right.
1: I think it's Fauntleroy, but I honestly... I think it's I, Fauntleroy honestly,
0: just, because of, uh, just because of the fact that the L and the E are the way that they are it, his middle name is spelled f-a-u-n-t-l-e-r-o-y mm-hmm. and so to me that reads as fontleroy
1: well let's look at the pronunciation <clears throat> pronunciation rather i can't if i'm pronunciating pronunciate wrong my goodness <laughs> um how do we pronounce it because um, i i just know that leroy is a real name so i yes. just thought um let's see
0: well I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Fauntleroy just because that's what it looks like to me. Hmm. <laughs> I
1: found a YouTube video. One second. Fauntleroy.
0: Alright, we were right.
1: Yep, we did it.
0: Yay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Go Us.
1: Go Us. Yes. Alright, gosh, we're already forty minutes into this and we haven't even touched on the film we watched.
0: Yeah. Uh so the film that we watched today was Melody Time.
1: Melody Time.
0: So your first opinions of Melody Time. What did you think?
1: I liked it, but I thought Pico's bill kind of ruined it for me. To be honest with you, you think so? I didn't like it very much. I mm, that's just not my kind of thing. And it was Fair. really long. <laughs> um, it, it's the
0: longest sequence.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought I, when when the movie first opened, it had the typical Disney Plus. There are cultural depictions in here that are outdated, but woof. Yeah. Um, (laughs) overall, though, I thought it was really well done and I thought it was delightful and I loved every single sequence. Um, and I actually really love Western stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I thought Pecos Bill was a little bit, um, masculine for me and a little racist.
0: I mean, like, yes, we'll, we'll talk about it once we actually get to it. Uh, Totally.
1: But otherwise I, I really enjoyed it
0: yeah no i i was actually pleasantly surprised with how much i genuinely enjoyed melody time i think it Mm -hmm. was like i think it was because the the songs in it are better Mm -hmm. than make my music and i agree uh and the animated sequences are also better
1: yes um there's there's no weak one in it they uh make my music has a lot of slow sequences in it and this one has i i would say one slow sequence in it but it's a nice little <sighs> moment instead of like yeah. jesus this again
0: yeah <laughs> yes yeah actually that yeah like uh, I, I think you, are you talking about trees yeah yeah it's just yeah. called trees it's just called trees it's just a poem about trees
1: and you see some trees
0: and you see trees
1: and they sing about <laughs> trees but it's nice <laughs> uh
0: yeah um, and uh it was interesting because like uh, a couple of these like there are a few in here that i've seen um references of in the past like i've definitely seen well. i've seen i've definitely seen references of once upon a winter time which is the first sequence see i've uh, never seen
1: that i'd seen little toot before
0: uh, the 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 parts of Once Upon a Winter Time specifically is mainly just like the beginning and the ending of it, in which like you mm-hmm. see the couple like in their little horse drawn carriage.
1: Yeah, and I think we part we of should that... say um, this is similar to Make My Music and Fantasia in that it's an anthology series mostly about the music that the cartoons yes. are set to. Yes. Um. Sorry. Uh, go ahead.
0: No, it's okay. And uh, yeah, and so like the and I think that they've used uh, cuts of that sequence showing the couple in their little horse-drawn carriage like whenever it's been like christmas season and they're doing like something in relation to snow and winter and that sort of thing so yeah um but yeah so like the first uh, segment is uh, once upon a winter time which is basically just a song about two young lovers uh jenny and joe apparently i loved are, it are their names and basically just joe takes his, his sweetheart on a date to go ice skating on a frozen lake and it's all very cute. He kind of shows off. You know, he's like, look at me. I'm such a good skater. And he's like trying to teach uh, Jenny, but she's not as good. Uh, and she's wearing a hoop skirt and, and she's a wearing corset. A, uh, <laughs> yeah. She's wearing, <laughs> yeah. She's not exactly uh, um, wearing the probably the most appropriate apparel.
1: Although, well I mean, it's it's the late eighteen hundreds. I'm not sure of exactly the time, but like I appreciate that she tried,
0: yeah, I think it is it's I think it's during the late nineteenth century for sure like i it's mm-hmm. those it's definitely that look um yeah, yeah, and uh, i I thought it was cute. I thought it was a very cute sequence, especially because think- like you have like the you have like the little rabbits that are like paralleling them, which I thought was really cute,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, like, I really like the little bunnies,
0: yeah, those are very, very cute. um yeah, and then like, I think. Uh,
1: it's weird that they went ice skating on a lake that was attached to a giant waterfall.
0: I mean like I, I saw the waterfall and I'm like, "Oh, we need to have and I was like <laughs> and I was like as a writer, we need to create some sort of scary conflict in relation to water. Let's do a waterfall. It kind of yeah, seems like, to be, like, their main go-to, because this isn't the first go time we've seen that. ice skating
1: on a lake attached to a waterfall. But That's like, ridiculous. But, it's always a waterfall. Why is it always a waterfall? Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Alligators are asleep in the winter, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It was very, like, it's a little silly, but, like, it's really lovely, and yeah. I really like the designs of the characters. I and, did, too. I thought yeah. they were
0: very, I thought they were very, very, uh... Soft is really the only word that comes to mind. Yeah. They were very soft and nice. It was a a good... Soft and nice. It's a good opening sequence for sure.
1: Yeah. It's not exactly going to win any awards for feminism because it's a damsel in distress (laughs) story, but also like, meh. It's 1948. Whatever.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's fair. Uh, Yeah. And so all in all, very sweet, very cute. I liked it. And then next is... uh,
1: Bumble,
0: bumble boogie bumble boogie uh oh actually i should i should mention uh so a lot of these sequences and songs had some pretty high profile people behind them like whether they were voice acting or narrating or singing or whatever uh so like uh for example once upon a Time had uh features francis langford singing the title song about the lovers Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe the main kind of like overarching uh, narrator of the sequence um, I I thought they gave us the name of the narrator but I don't
1: recall. for Once Upon a Winter Time?
0: No of like the whole movie of like in between oh. the sequences oh, uh, gosh, I'm not Buddy sure. Clark Buddy Clark yeah it was a gentleman by the name of Buddy Clark I'm not super familiar with who that was
1: he was an American popular singer of the thirties and forties.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he died like- in a
1: plane crash in nineteen
0: forty-nine. Oh, well, that's well, that's why
1: you haven't heard much about him. When he returned from war, his uh, career took off, but then he died untimely.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to bring you down. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, like that. What happened happened. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, Frances Langford, uh, also known as Julia Frances Langford, uh, was an American singer and actress, popular again during the golden age of radio. Uh, and she was the one who was uh, singing the song uh, for Once Upon a Winter Time. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, which Bumble- I loved. Yeah, it's it's a very very cute song. So <laughs> Bumble Boogie, I think, was interesting because it was basically like, is basically like a jazzy version of Flight of the Bumblebee.
1: I loved it I swing jazz flight of the bumblebee someone wrote this just for me I loved it I loved it I thought it was incredible ten out of ten sensational yeah that's all was, I have to say it, it was, was great
0: legitimately really fun. I really enjoyed it
1: mm-hmm. I was like
0: oh like swing jazz actually works really well with the song or with with yeah. this piece of music like
1: it's just about a great. little bumblebee he's uh, fighting all the music happening around him and visiting flowers
0: yep. And then uh, this was the music was uh, courtesy of Freddie Martin, who is an American band leader and tenor sax player uh, with his orchestra. And yeah, and apparently uh, this is one of the many pieces that was considered for inclusion in Fantasia.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that I think that leads me to mention that. Nothing in this film or in Make My Music at- uh, even approaches the level of detail and precision in Fantasia. No, Fantasia was, really a hun- fun. Fantasia was hundred.
0: Fantasia was a hundred percent like the peak of this concept of like music sequences featuring or with uh, cartoons to go along. Like Fantasia was a hundred percent like the best version of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then uh, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to appropriately judge it against Fantasia Two Thousand. When we get to that, because I'm excited yes. about that one. I haven't seen Fantasia 2000 in literally since I think since I saw it the first time. I don't think I've seen. Yeah. it
1: Yeah, I like Fantasia 2000 a lot, but it is something. There's something to be said for the hand drawn animation matching up so beautifully oh, to the music. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. um the original Fantasia is just such a feat. It's yeah. it's so epic to watch because you know the effort that went into it. Um, yeah. because they didn't have any computers to help them no. anyway well, I digress
0: yes we well we, we go more uh, we talk more about Fantasia in our Fantasia episode so go back and listen to that check it out check it out uh, the next sequence is the legend of Johnny Appleseed so I really really liked this sequence um, I did too this was also one of the first so one of the uh, the first sequences in this movie that is exclusively like an actual like american folk tale yes which i actually kind of really liked like i liked mm-hmm. that it was like oh like let's use an actual folk story like that we yeah that we can appropriately talk about yes <laughs> uh, um i
1: mean he yeah. was also a real guy which is interesting yes yes so um
0: john chapman was his name.
1: john chapman uh well here's an interesting fact for any of our listeners who are in vancouver um british columbia which is where we live uh if you ever went to outdoor school as part as is mandated by the uh (laughs) vancouver the school system um you might remember singing the song from this as your grace before you ate every meal at outdoor school and i was so surprised to hear it um Every time we ate at outdoor school, we had to sing a, a secular version of the song he sings, which went, Oh, the earth is good to me. And so I thank the earth for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The earth is good to me. Johnny Appleseed, clap our friend. <laughs> I, I was so surprised to hear it. I didn't know it came from anything. Yeah. Um, I... It was a very weird thing to do.
0: Yeah, it it was it, it was very it was very cute. I liked it. it was I was it. It was like an actual, like, he had like his own little song that he would just kind of sing to himself.
1: Yeah. Uh, I loved yeah. all the animals liking him. It was really sweet. Um, yeah. Fun fact, they talk about all the different things they made from the apples he planted, but he didn't plant those kind of apples. You couldn't make pie from the apples the real John Chapman planted. You could make cider. And the thing was at the time... Um, in the 1800s, the water uh, in a lot of places wasn't safe to drink, but cider would be. So the only thing you could use um, those apples for was to make cider. But uh, he saved a ton of lives by planting those apple trees for that reason.
0: Hmm. There you go. There you
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> but I like pie. I just thought it was a fun fact.
0: Pie is delicious. Pie's pretty great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but like... Now the... I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but... Uh yeah like visually this is also just a really really nice cartoon like how they uh with all like the the big open greenery and then like the inclusion of like the ch- the apple blossom trees and just the colors the colors were also beautiful I'm, I'm also i'm also a fan of the fact that they spoke almost exclusively in verse
1: yeah which
0: just tickles me i just think that's very fun when, absolutely will speak exclusively in verse
1: Yes, and uh, the Legend of Johnny Appleseed is one of the few Disney animated works to feature religious content.
0: Yes, this one was. The, I did not one hundred percent notice that that it was like, oh yeah, this is definitely very. This has some very heavy like, uh, Christian, uh, I guess, messaging, but even not really messaging. Yeah,
1: he's carrying his Bible around too.
0: Yeah, like th- there w- there wasn't an actual like, Christian message to go along with this. It was more just he also just happened to be Christian, which when you think about it makes a hundred like it makes complete oh, absolutely. sense. Well, I mean, you know? the historical
1: figure was a missionary. That was his whole thing. Yes. Um, but usually Disney just doesn't go so religious. It's it's just interesting.
0: Yeah, just uh, I didn't notice. That. And then I and then I also kind of remembered it's like, oh, yeah, no, Walt was probably very Christian, considering that he was, you know, an upper class white man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know so, uh. But yeah, all in all, like, uh, so the the Johnny Appleseed sequence is definitely like second is the second longest sequence. Yeah, seventeen
1: um, minutes long, but still bite size. It's good.
0: It was great. Like it. It didn't. It didn't feel long. Mhm. Like it. it no, didn't I agree. It didn't feel like it dragged or anything. Like the story mm-hmm. was told so well. I was a hundred percent invested and a hundred percent engaged in the story the entire time it was just all in all super super good i really really liked it
1: totally agree with you i thought it was great yes and then and then little toot.
0: little toot (laughs) um
1: i'd say this was my least favorite one just because i felt really bad for little toot and he got the cops took him away and it was just, it was, I mean,
0: <laughs> I kind of felt bad, but then I also kind of didn't like,
1: I mean, he deserved to learn a lesson, but the cops.
0: Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, ah, uh, stop being such a little shit. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's <laughs> uh, a baby tugboat hanging out with his father tugboat, big toot, but he just kept causing trouble. He, uh, made a giant, uh, freighter crash yeah into you land
0: like, he was like interrupting uh the other liners and everything like he was cutting in front of a bunch of other ships he like made a giant boat wake that like fucked everything up he like basically like granted at one point he did try to help but then he just made the situation worse and then yeah and then basically <laughs> i i do think it was a bit extreme for like these police votes to basically banish him from New York. Yeah. I mean I get it,
1: but I just felt bad for him. (laughs) That's probably the point.
0: That's probably the only time I actually felt bad for the little guy, but then the rest of it I was like I was like, oh my God. Just
1: go away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, stop it. Uh this sequence was uh sung by the Andrew Sisters who uh provided the vocals. The Andrew Sisters are back. Uh they've been fairly consistent like throughout this entire era it seems yeah yeah oh and i didn't uh i didn't touch on it but uh in the previous segment in johnny appleseed uh dennis day uh who is an american singer radio television and film personality and a comedian apparently uh is the one who narrates um uh the uh story of johnny appleseed Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yes so just a little just a little addition there um yeah and so just little toot was just all in all, I did think it was kind of cute. I did think it was cute, but it, but yeah, like like you said, it is probably my least favorite of the sequences. I think only yeah. because, only I think really only because I just kept thinking, this this little boat's a little pain in the ass, and that was really the only real reason i I was <laughs> that was really the only reason I probably most disliked it. But mm-hmm. even then, I didn't fully, fully dislike it.
1: No, I didn't fully dislike it. It just, you know, I always hate to see uh, characters that are cute have a hard time as
0: well it's it's the least best of the sequence yeah let's say uh yeah and then after that is the tree sequence which admittedly there's not a whole lot to talk about they gorgeous it's beautiful visually they sing a poem about trees yep and that's the Um, whole thing
1: It's interesting because uh, there was a new kind of animation used in this sequence where they actually put pastel down uh, on uh, frosted cells. And I think it looks really beautiful and it's really worth looking at just to see the first time that was ever done in animation.
0: Yeah, visually it's great.
1: Mm -hmm. No story, really. Just some trees.
0: (laughs) It's just a poem about trees. (laughs) Uh, And then... And so, the, yeah, like, there's just not a whole lot to talk about in regards to that one, other than visually it's beautiful. Definitely go watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next se- sequence is Blame It on the Samba. So we're we're back uh, in South America.
1: Oh, my uh, favorite guy is back.
0: We have Jose Carioca, who's back. Jose! Uh, we have the Araquan bird, and of course we have Donald. Now, of course, they none of them talk in this. They're, they're purely there, I think, just for the fact that this this sequence is is, uh so this sequence is uh all about the samba and it is using a song that was originally in in portuguese uh, a song by ernesto uh, nazareth Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna see if i'm gonna try and uh see if i can pronounce it it's uh it's a 1914 polka called Mm -hmm. uh apanete cavacuino I think that's how you pronounce it.
1: Uh, uh, it's better than I would do.
0: Yeah, uh, but yeah. Abs- so that's yeah. basically it. Uh, and so they just fitted it with English lyrics. Uh, I think I mm-hmm. think the English translation is uh, as direct of a translation as possible. So it's still basically the same song, but it was just done mm-hmm. in English with uh, the the Dinning Sisters. Cool. I think it's then, Dinning uh, Sisters. There's two ends. It's Dinning <laughs> Sisters. Yeah. Okay. okay.
1: And then Ethel Smith, who is a famous organist, uh, she plays the organ while Jose and Donald hang All out on dancing. top of the organ dancing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, crazy organ playing. Uh, so cool. Like, that was really, really good. And like there was a moment <laughs> Loved where, her
1: outfit like, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: There was a moment when the Araquan bird like blows up the organ because why not? Uh, and then she's like, mm-hmm. she's still playing it like as it's in pieces. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of yeah. like this. Oh, I this yeah, this is just a re- this is another very very fun sequence and a fun segment and uh, uh, yeah, it's just like a good addition to it, a fun way to kind of revisit uh, the 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 South American uh, culture again because of course that's where all of this really started. Like the wartime era started with South America, so we're coming back to it in this sense. Uh, and then yeah, so I I liked it. I liked it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. No complaints yeah great and then and, and then, then
0: pico's bill so this yeah. so this so as we said before this was uh this is the longest sequence of the film uh it's based on an old texas folk story about a gentleman by the name of pico's bill who is apparently like a super famous uh cowboy character kind of
1: yeah kind of guy yeah Legendary
0: Cowboy. Yeah, Legendary Cowboy of Picos Bill. Raised um, by
1: Coyotes.
0: Yes. So the story is that like apparently he fell out of a wagon that was traveling the west or travelling to the west to start a, for his family to start a life, which is what a lot of other like the pioneers all did. And then he like falls out of the ca- he like falls out of the wagon as like a child and then just decides to join a family of coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's very it's very reminiscent of like uh, you know Mowgli being ro- uh, raised by wolves, or uh, that or that other famous story. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, the those two the two brothers raised by a wolf. Uh, it's it's
1: like it's like
0: a super it's like a super old um, Greek story. No, it's not Greek. It's not Greek. I think my my brain just immediately goes Greek. Um, <sighs> Remus and something anyway, basically I mean, I he's believe ra- you. that's
1: interesting. he's raised
0: by dogs, <laughs> 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 and then just kind of grows up and somehow becomes a cowboy um mm-hmm. because reasons, I guess I don't yeah. know how you go from being raised by coyotes to becoming a cowboy. I don't understand that that jump. <laughs> Well, it, but it just kind of happened. But the interesting <laughs> thing about the sequence is that it's told it's told in an, in an entirely different way, and I thought this was very cool. I agree. How the fact that it was it was basically uh, so Roy Rogers is the one who uh, narrates the story, and then uh, the singing group, who's I believe known as the Sons of the Pioneers are all kind of huddled around a campfire with Bo- uh, Bobby Driscoll, who is a young, who is a child actor, worked a lot with Disney,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and Luanna Patton. So we have Luanna Again? Patton back.
1: Super uh, cute. So funny. Best line of the whole movie. Widowmaker. That's a funny name. I'm like, I guess. But uh, <laughs> go uh, ahead. Yeah.
0: And so basically, like, these two kids are, like, they're all, I guess, just hanging out, just trying to, learn about what it means to be a a cow person uh and then roy rogers tells him the story of pico's bill and because of course Luana Patton had never heard of the story of pico's bill Mm -hmm. and so then they tell uh,
1: his horse trigger was there too
0: yes uh i don't know the significance of this horse Uh, Oh,
1: gosh! Well, Roy Rogers is a famous TV cowboy, and his horse is the smartest horse in the world, and he can answer questions. That's why he was nodding up and down to agree.
0: Oh, see, I've heard of Roy Rogers before, but I didn't realize that he actually had, like, a horse companion.
1: Oh, yeah. Smartest horse. Trigger.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and so uh, they tell the story of Picos Bill, uh, and then yeah and so th- this this story is just it's I, l- I love a good like ridiculous folk story type thing like when they're telling this story when they're telling the uh when they're talking about like all of his different like the the crazy feats that he did like he he lassoed a tornado and then he and then he like wrote it until it calmed down and like while he was writing it he rolls a cigarette and lights it with a lightning bolt. I thought that was really funny.
1: Yeah, which is often censored, but has been restored for Disney yes, Plus.
0: Disney Plus restored it. Um, Didn't
1: censor any of the gunplay, but you can't have him smoking a cigarette.
0: No, but I mean, like, you know, like the the gun stuff. I think was just kind of if you if you were to censor all of that, you would only, you wouldn't have a cartoon. Like, yeah.
1: Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there is. I mean, we can swear on this, right? Yes. There, there is an ejaculation joke later on that they didn't censor. I'm just saying. I'm is there? Just I didn't saying. catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, Bill kisses Slewfoot Sue, who is my hero and my new role model, his <laughs> guns rise from their holsters on their own and start to fire by themselves. I'm pretty sure that is a very risque joke. I think. Uh,
0: oh yeah, yeah. Well, that that kind of stuff happens like fucking everywhere and all the time like that oh uh, yeah that kind of i'm just
1: saying it's funny that that kind to kind of censor cigarettes and having that kind of thing in your movie i just i i always think it's very funny especially in western film that um you can't have uh sex but you can have lots of violence yeah and you can't you know you can't have um cigarettes but you can have people get shot in the face yeah I don't know.
0: It, it is it is strange how often they try they censor the whole smoking thing mm-hmm. which is just very interesting um anyway and so yeah so like uh, at some point uh he comes across a beautiful cowgirl named slew foot sue uh they fall in love it's all super adorable and yeah like you said she's she's great she's like she's they call her like a, a female buckaroo in the in the yeah, cartoon like i she's, love her yeah like she's it, she was pretty great like how she was just as easily accomplishable and uh, and accomplished as like everyone else. she like matched she matched uh Bill at every turn, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like the first time he actually like met his match, quote unquote. Yeah. So I thought. I mean, that was- she
1: was even better than he was. I love
0: her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, Pico's Bill's horse got super jealous at one point, and then like they're trying, they're about to get married, but like his horse won't cooperate, and so she gets on the horse to try and like to try and break the horse. Mm-hmm. and but because she's wearing a bustle like he knocks her off because the bustle kept bouncing.
1: Yeah. Bounced her right to the moon.
0: I th- I just thought that was very silly.
1: Very silly. But like <laughs> gosh, um she shows up uh riding a catfish yeah. that she's um like ensnared and that she's riding like a bucking bronco and I'm just like this woman he doesn't deserve her. She's perfect. She deserves to like be the moon. She's incredible. <laughs>
0: All the oh. while, all the while, like, occasionally, like, powdering her face.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, when great. things get dramatic, she just powders her nose because she doesn't care. It's pretty She's perfect. Yeah. She's perfect.
0: I did, I did think it was interesting that the, so this, the animation style of this particular cartoon, and we're going to see it, and we're going to see it become a thread as we go through the, the next few movies, is, I feel like this particular cartoon was, like, the first time we kind of see this particular style of animation because while i was watching it i definitely thought of like peter pan and like uh some of the other cartoons from like the gold or from the sorry from the silver age that Mm -hmm, look like i agree did like did did you catch that too did you notice
1: that yes yeah and it's interesting you say that because again bobby driscoll was uh peter pan he was one of the major players in the silver age of disney animation Mm -hmm. um but yes, I absolutely agree. Uh the character designs were very reminiscent of uh ones we'd see later.
0: Yeah, and so it's kind of cool just to kind of see like a glimpse of like where we're going in terms of uh the future of the animation. And I thought I just mm-hmm. thought that was really nice. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, the, it's a running time of twenty two minutes. Uh, as we said, it's the longest one. But all in all, I I didn't think it was all that bad. Oh, we should touch on the we should touch on the whole. I was um, about
1: to say, yeah, it wasn't all that bad, except for this one little part.
0: Except for um, like, and 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 this in this particular seg- uh in that particular uh, uh, section, I I definitely have to just kind of give it. I I have to give it the benefit of the doubt only because of the time period that it was done in yeah and because of the time period that this that this that this folk story kind of comes from mm-hmm. uh is when they're referencing uh the 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 native americans that are there the uh i believe they call them uh the the painted indians i think is what they call
1: uh yeah yeah we were so- uh doing a war dance painting each other different colors and uh, yeah he shot the makeup off them.
0: Yeah. And he shows up, guns blazing, he starts shooting, 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 and then they all run away. And then, like, the the, the idea is that he was saying that that was how they came across, They that was like the birth of the Painted Desert, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like. It's just not necessary. It's there's just, also yeah. a lot of um, lines when uh, Roy Rogers is getting ready to tell the story about uh well are there engines and he's like yeah I guess there's some engines and then he, he's talking about Slewfoot foot sue and it's like oh there's women in this story like it's not very yeah. uh
0: <laughs> yeah well that's that was just um that was just Bobby being a a a, a, a young boy I guess yeah that was just the, that was just the character
1: Oh for sure. It's but, just yeah, it's definitely. outdated. Boys don't need to be like oh, that Oh, it's anymore. super
0: outdated. It is 100% outdated. But yeah. again, like this was also done in the like in the late 40s. So, yeah. it's absolutely. like I get it. It makes sense only because of what have how things were done at that time. So, it makes sense that that's how it would have been done, but it it definitely doesn't make it okay. Mm-hmm. Right? It just
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Makes sense contextually.
1: That being said, overall, I uh, while Melody Time has often been poorly reviewed, I think it's pleasant, um, worth watching. I don't know if I'd show it to my kid, but if you're interested in Disney history, give it a look. It's in yeah. about an hour and a quarter.
0: Yeah, like it's not very long. And like we said before, like a lot of these other sequences are very, very nice. You know, like uh, even like I, I just keep coming back to the Johnny Appleseed sequence. Like it's it's definitely it's probably Lovely. one of my favorite sequences in it. Yeah. It's very very pretty. The music is great. The narrative is very is very nice. I I love me a good folk story. I love me you know, I love that stuff. So yeah, me too. Yeah. All in all, I really enjoyed it. I'm very glad that this this, especially after Make Mine Music, like this was like, this was just very fresh very air. nice. I was like I was totally. coming in. I was coming into it like oh, okay, well here we have like another musical sequence, like another. Uh, music segment type movie, I guess I'm just gonna have to be disappointed again. And then oh, I was no. pleasantly uh not disappointed. <laughs> is that the right exactly is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, I was I was pleasantly not disappointed.
0: Pleasantly surprised.
1: Is, yeah. That's it's what a, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's valid though. I was worried after make my music and I thought this was lovely.
0: Yeah. Mostly. Yeah, I was definitely worried. Um,
1: yeah, there was a little bit of, like, let's look at some Indians dancing with uh, settlers in Johnny Appleseed as well. And obviously, missionaries as a whole concept are a very colonialist thing, but it's Absolutely. a very uh, minor thing and meant to be extremely positive. And that, um,
0: that's kind of how I read it as well, because, like, the, the way that they portrayed them, they portray- well, they did portray them... Uh, stereotypically it was it it was done in a positive light it was done in the with the idea that here are these settlers uh you know integrating with uh these indigenous people and they're all celebrating each other they're all dancing together and like yeah so i thought that i thought that particular aspect of that sequence was really nice just because it did have everybody in a positive light
1: yeah
0: but you're right like the, the the whole thing about just missionaries in general is just very, very there's a lot of issues with that. So, yeah, but the, it was, it was nice of them to focus the fact that, uh, Johnny's purpose was not to be a missionary, but to just to go around plant apple seeds. So I think while they did have some of that, uh, well, they did have some of the sacred references. It was definitely more of a, in a secular style and a secular story.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so I also like that when they were referencing other like American folk heroes they referenced of course Paul Bunyan and they uh, and um, John Henry Mm -hmm. like at the beginning when they're talking about like uh, uh, when they're talking about like famous folk heroes they're like uh, there's a bunch of things that are like there are a bunch of very positive references for, for American folk heroes you know like uh paul bunyan's axe john henry's hammer and i'm like oh Mm -hmm. yeah john like yeah it's nice that they included john henry yeah you know i agree so
1: i forgot i forgot some disney news and Uh. can we just close with the disney news i forgot yes well disney parks are uh starting to allow cast members to have um haircuts tattoos hair colors Um, I saw this. Inclusive uniforms where they can pick pieces to express themselves better, like on Batuu. And I just think that's great. And I remembered because uh, a conservative Republican Christian posted a or posted put a think piece into the Orlando Sentinel about how he doesn't pay thousands of dollars to watch people he doesn't know express themselves. And to you, sir, I say fuck off.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, you're telling me a right wing evangelical Christian is bitching about people Expressing themselves, yes, yeah, so wearing a
1: giant Disney Hawaiian shirt. I just like, buddy. This
0: is this is a shocker. Yeah, said no one ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm very, 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 very looking forward to people being able to express themselves in Disney parks. And Fie on you, sir.
0: Well, it, it yeah, because I saw a picture of somebody like posted. I, somebody posted a picture of a Disneyland cast member with like short sleeves and shorts but like exposing their tattoos on their arms. Love that. And I was like and I was like, "Oh yeah, cuz it, ne- it I guess it never really clicked in my head the fact that I've never seen a cast member, you know, just yes. freely exp- showing their tattoos like that.
1: Well, men aren't allowed facial hair. Men aren't allowed earrings. You're not allowed an unnatural hair color. All this stuff. I mean, the tattoo rules are it has to be the size of your hand with your fingers closed or smaller. And it has to be appropriate. And I think that's fine. I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah. You know, but I awesome, awesome step.
0: Yeah, and I think it's great. And like, obviously, there were people who were like bitching and complaining about it. And it's like, what 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 exactly are you complaining about? Like, uh, what, well, really, what, what you is your quote. damage? What is your <laughs> let damage? Let me read you a quote
1: from this article. The problem is I'm not traveling across the country and paying thousands of dollars to watch someone I do not know express themselves. I am there for the immersion and the fantasy, not the reality of a stranger's self-expression. I do not begrudge these people their individuality and I wish them well in their personal lives, but I do not get to express my individuality. Individuality, individuality is a different thing. As my <laughs> place of business. What's next? Is Disney going to end the rule barring onstage cell phone use by cast members as an infringement on self-expression?
0: Well, no, that's just... stupid performance etiquette you just don't pull out your phone when you're on stage Mhm. Like... Oh,
1: there's more. Can I read you one more quote?
0: Oh God! <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs>
1: Disney is in the process of taking the woke scalpel to the Jungle Cruise. Trader Sam is out because he might offend certain people. I wonder what people he means. Oh, every grown-up in the room realizes that Trader Sam is not a representation of reality. It is meant as a funny and silly caricature. It is no more based in racism than every Disney caricature is an out of touch uh, of an out of touch white American dad. Sir, you are an out of touch white American dad, and Trader Sam. Disneyland is for whole families, and that includes children. Like every adult in the room realizes that Trader Sam is not a representation of reality. Yes, it's like that's the point, sir. It's for kids. Oh my god!
0: But also, children of color.
1: Children of color. Why? Do, why like- don't? Ah. The guy goes on to say, "Pirates used to be one of my favorite attractions. My family would always ride it first on our first day at the Magic Kingdom. Now we do not even ride it every trip. When my family rides Pirates now, each of the change scenes takes us out of the illusion because they remind us of reality and the politics that forced the changes." Good.
0: What like <laughs> the only the only change the only changes like I I'm okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you know about the, the the I let's say woke because he's saying woke the the woke changes to Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like the inclusion of Red uh leading the the auction that isn't about auctioning off women anymore, it's auctioning like treasures and yeah. pieces of art. Uh yeah. they swapped around uh the animatronics so that it's not the men chasing the women, it's like the, the women w- chasing the women men chasing the men or like or like just or like getting generally frustrated with, with the male pirates, which honestly yeah. I think is hilarious.
1: Me too. And if like, the men are changing women, they're carrying sausages. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is just I ridiculous. Love it. I uh mean, yeah. It like, doesn't
1: matter. Why would you let it ruin it for you? Like you're the one ruining it. Like, not- oh
0: no, I'm 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 sorry that your opinion of pirates was changed because they decided to not sell women as property.
1: Yeah. Like Oh gosh. Uh, um I I've sent you the think piece, uh so you can put it in the show notes if you want to, but it's um a bunch of bullshit, friends. <laughs>
0: uh angry it's just it's just it's just angry angry white evangelicals just bitching about how the world is changing and just how we're not It's not even it's not even that it's not even that we're being less tolerant about other people wanting to be assholes it's just the Mm -hmm. fact that we're not letting it get by anymore because it shouldn't have gotten by in the first place
1: yeah there's and it's also there's small changes what a freaking and also there's
0: small changes like
1: there's small changes
0: cool your britches Mm -hmm. relax it's fine like like i'm sure he has opinions about splash mountain
1: i'm oh he does i just didn't want to read you the whole article (laughs) But um, Uh, he's got opinions about everything.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, I'm not surprised.
1: No, me neither. But also, like, the more super conservative people don't come to Disneyland and yell about political correctness, the better my experience will be, frankly. And it's a private company. If you don't like it, make your own super racist theme park. I don't know what to do for you. (sighs) Anywho. It's I have fine. a lot of feelings. <laughs> it's not fine, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm going to go eat some pie angrily. Yes. Well, I mean the movie was great, the short was great, Disney news is great. People resisting change are ridiculous.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's it. It's it's going to happen whether they like it or not and they can just shove it up their butts.
1: <laughs> they can shove it up their butts indeed.
0: Yes. I Any agree. Boozles all right well that was today's episode thank you all for listening uh find us on our socials uh, cast un- at cast underscore dis on the twitter and instagrams uh facebook.com slash discast uh, as we- as i said we'll put the or, uh we'll put the references to all the disney news that we made today in the show notes and everything so that you can take a look at those and tune in for next time when we are jumping into uh, ichabod and mr toad
1: i cannot wait
0: i am so excited for this me too i'm very excited All for right. this, and then it'll be great to actually touch on the uh mr toad ride
1: oh yeah and i how got the a lot cartoon, of thoughts
0: and how the cartoon is entirely different
1: <laughs> the cart i would hope it is
0: They're, like the cartoon and the ride are two totally different things i'm and bad. it's hilarious Anyway, we'll touch on that next time. We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll touch on that next time. All
1: right, everybody. See you real soon.
0: All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.